Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist and publisher, bringing you help succeeding in your career, health, and wealth before, during, and after residency. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. All right, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Remember the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm going to share my screen here. And uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, the upcoming residency season. I know that many people don't get really going until November, but I think that now you've had a couple of appies and you're, you know, you got an idea of which ones you're going to have. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of pieces need to come together. Uh, as you move forward. But the big thing is, is that many of you have no idea what you really want to do, what you'd really enjoy doing. It seems like, you know, you do one app, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do pediatrics. And then you do another app and you're like, oh my gosh, critical care. It's so cool. And then, you know, you do your next one and, and so on. And what happens is, is that you end up kind of coming to ASHP kind of wishy-washy. And one of the best things that you can do is to create a letter of intent. And whether you are doing it through, and the problem with the residency classes is you tend to do it before appies and you haven't really had the experience. So maybe you could update that. Um, You can use ChatGPT and just say, hey, uh, write me a letter of intent. And what I did find though, is that uh, ChatGPT though, uh, will uh, plagiarize. So it will pull from other places because the very first sentence that ChatGPT, when I said, okay, well, write me a letter of intent, uh, was, was um, I want to express my sincere interest in this residency. And maybe it's a starting point, but what chat does is just kind of pulls from a bunch of different places. And the fact that those words were exactly word for word uh, tells us that you're not going to get a very original document. So uh, what I you know, usually do every season, and I started this about four or five years ago, uh, at first I did it for free. And the thing was that I found that I would you know, revise it and send it back, but I'd never hear back from the person. And then they'd tell me, hey, you know, I didn't get a residency and this and that. I was like, okay, well, what did you do with it? And then they just kind of copied it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, um, I you, you you didn't really kind of go through the process. And so then I created this course, uh, you know, the extreme LOI cover makeover where, you know, you go through the course, it shows you how to have a template, how to get things done. And then I go in there and I help you create your first letter. And then we move on to the second letter. And I've gotten some pushback from some people like, you know, how can you charge students for something like this? And well, one, you know, if you're talking about your, uh, you know, your professors, well, you're paying them and, you know, if they can help you with it, great, have them help you for free. That would be awesome. Uh, but what you're going to usually find is that they'll help you with a CV. Um, but this letter of intent is something that is very difficult to do uh, unless you're in a course. And the other piece is that a lot of times they might have got in despite their letter of intent. So their qualifications were so high that, you know, they got in. But my focus now is 
Um, because the you know acceptance rate is so high, if you get an interview, your you know residency acceptance rate is going to be in the 80s, and that's going to go even higher here in a couple of years as we have this kind of uh, uh, graduation cliff where uh, you know a thousand fewer students or so are going to be graduating. Uh, from pharmacy school, uh, which is great, you know, for everybody's salaries and all that, that, you know, the pharmacy schools are are going down in, in enrollment and that, you know, maybe we'll contract and kind of get some of the ones that are charging too much for providing too little. I mean, when you have a school that is going to have a NAPLEX score that's less than 20%, you know, how can you even, there are no words for that. Like that is just, you know, ridiculous. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good cleansing. You know, I'm not saying close pharmacy schools. I'm saying, hey, let's do a little bit of trimming. We had a rapid expansion and let's trim those schools that are charging too much and giving too little. But uh, one of the things that it's very tough to get is, you know, you're already asking for a letter of recommendation to like 12 or 14 residencies and then to get help with this letter. And it's something that I am you know, qualified for. I, my undergrad is in English. I was working on an English PhD, ended up going to computer human computer interaction, but I still have, you know, 30 graduate credits in English and, and doing this type of thing. And then I've also done, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these. So I know exactly what to do. But what you're really doing now with a letter of intent is one, you're applying to a place that's going to make sense for your future and those types of things. But the other thing that I think that too few students think about is the quality of life. And the amount that you earn and the place that you are in terms of how difficult it is, like, if I got this residency, it would fit perfectly. But if I get this residency, then I'm just doing a residency. I'm going to be apart from my significant other. Uh, it's going to be super expensive. There's going to be an incredible commute uh, going on with that. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm in central Iowa where we actually have a subsidy for our gas and our gas is like 406 today which just went up from like 330 a couple of days ago so what we're really trying to do now is if if the acceptance rate to residency is so high but there is a huge difference between your top choice and the choices that come below it which it's going to usually be that way um let's make that you know, let's do that properly for those one or two or three places where it would really change your life to have that residency rather than another residency. The other part of this is when we're talking about letters of intent, I think we really don't spend enough time actually trying to do the thing. Uh, it seems like I'm just going to write a page about myself. How hard could that be? Well, you're writing a page about yourself and summarizing yourself, but also how good of a match you are. And by actually doing this and writing it out, um, we're going to have a couple great guests coming up on the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Uh, I just did the interview with Jim Dolly, or Dr. Jim Dolly, who is the white coat investor. And then take him, uh, who is the financial tortoise, uh, will also be coming up. Like, why are you talking so much about money? We're going to be residents. Well, what makes it possible for you to finish the residency, to have a good quality of life with your residency, to have a significant other or be able to even have that relationship with someone is that you are in the right residency. And it's no secret that, you know, 80% of the applications go to 20% of the residencies. So, you know, if you want to get a residency that because most residencies that have a great quality of life, have a great graduation rate, have a great experience, 
are going to be much more difficult to get, much lower than that 85%, then you're going to want professional help. And so if you have somebody at the school that can do it for you, you know what, by all means, have them do it, right? If they can help you, great. Um, But what I found is that this is something that slips through the cracks because of the way that pharmacy school is set up. It's set up for them to be interactive with you, especially at the smaller privates, I find uh, that the student and relationship with the professors and everything is very strong in years one to three. But I think after you know this third or fourth appy, we're in block four here in Iowa. Um, after this fourth appy, you're like, I don't even feel connected to my school, much less my classmates, much less anyone. Like, I'm just done. Like, I'm just out here. And at first it was like, okay, great. You know, I'm going into the world. But now you're like, okay, I don't have that support that I needed. And I certainly don't have time to write these letters and so forth. And so this is something I professionally done. But some people are like, oh, $95, that's a little bit tough. So uh, Teachable has this new thing now where you can do a referral. And so if you go down to any course curriculum in my four courses, I only have four now. I I just like, I'll help you with the letter of intent. I'll help you with the resume. I will help you with pharmacology and I will help you um, with the interview. That's it. Uh, Maybe phase two. I'll I'll probably keep the phase two one up, even though there was a ton of, uh, you know, blowback that, you know, phase two, you know, uh, look, If you want somebody to get this done in 24 hours or less, well, you know, I I just, I have to explain it to my family. And I also am just, I'm really just, I'm sending the money to my kid's college fund. So it's probably going to go to a pharmacy school somewhere anyway. Um, But if you decide that you want to go in with somebody and you refer somebody, you would get 25% off, but also, well, you get 25% back. And then they would also get a 25% discount. So bringing it somewhere under 75 bucks or something like that, which for two revisions is uh, unbelievably reasonable. If you've looked around to see people helping with resumes, that's in the like 200 to $300 range. I charge 95. I only do this because I found that it's just like if a patient doesn't pay for their medication, they don't care about it. If you don't pay for this experience, you're not going to go through it and take it seriously. And I'm telling you, nothing can change things more than getting to the right residency. At I just, it is just night and day, the experiences that people have had. The other thing is, is that people really just, these students, they just don't want to deal with it. And if it's like, okay, I spent 300000 on school, but and there's no way I'm spending 95 bucks on doing this piece of paper, which could be one third of the residency application process. It's a third LOI, it's a third interview, and it's a third resume. And again, it's not just the resume, but what's on it. But that's the big thing is that you really wanna get this all together, okay? All right, so last piece here, Uh, I just wanna introduce you to those people that will be coming on. I know that many of you are thinking about student loans and things like that. And I'm telling you, you want to get all that set up before you go to residency and figure out what you're doing. Now, for physicians who can do from three to seven years of residency, 
um, PSLF is a huge deal. And there's a couple of people I trust with, you know, advising on things like that. Um, I trust uh, PharmD Financial, Derek Delaney. I trust um, the uh, Student Loan Planner. And I trust uh, your financial pharmacist. Uh, those are the three people that I would trust. But if you want to kind of start getting that education, uh, the White Coat Investor is fantastic. Um, it's not just about investing in stocks and things like that. It's actually a very small part of what they do. Uh, but he has a you know a short video about the ultimate guide to student loan debt management for doctors, a deep dive by the White Coat Investor. And this is one of his very top uh you know, ones. Now, it's probably not going to include the save plan because it was done four years ago. Uh, you're going to want to get some help with that. But again, just kind of introducing you to uh, Jim Dolly, who is the white coat investor. And then someone who I really like uh, in terms of what he does and just kind of the way that he does it is uh, take him, uh, who is the financial tortoise. And his slogan is like, where we build our money slow and steady. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, again, I'm on the opposite thing. You know, I'm 51 years old. I've been out of school for 26 years. You would expect that somebody who's been out of school that long uh, has, you know, won the game, as they say. Uh, you know, we're, we, we are comfortable. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I've got three kids that are all going to need braces, 7,000, 7,000, 7,000. They're all going to need my car, so I got to buy myself a new car. Then they're all going to want their own cars. Well, we'll talk about that. And then they're all three going to college in the same year. Uh, so you know, we've maybe had a reason to, to have to do that. But again, as a pharmacist, there are some moves that you can make that make things a lot better. But I think one of the biggest questions pharmacists have is what is the optimal order for putting my money in? Because what you immediately find is that as soon as you become a resident and you have a little bit more money, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, they're willing to give me 100% back on a 401k if they um, if that is available to you. Um, with a residency I did, I was in IPERS, which is the Iowa pension and you might say a pension what is a pension right well you know law enforcement state workers uh, federal workers military we still get pensions and the big decision was do i do a pension or do i do a, uh, what would be the equivalent of a 401k it was actually a tiaa craft and 15 years ago when i made that decision i don't think that i was well enough informed to do it but i think i made the right one and I chose the pension. And the reason I did that is that, okay, so either I, with no investing experience at all, no training in finance, will manage my money, okay? Or someone who gets paid between three and $400,000 a year, who has had a return of around 10 to 11% over the last you know, number of decades will manage my money and make sure that it's there at retirement. Who do I trust, right? There's an expression that, that says, uh, you know, whoever has, you know, whoever's a lawyer for themselves has a fool for a lawyer. And I think that that's true with investing. I found, and I'll tell you guys that, you know, when that um, COVID hit and the market tanked, it went down to 23,000. I sold everything I had. Um, and it was it wasn't a ton. It was like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I took it out of the market. And everybody knows that, well, 
the Dow is not $23,000 anymore. The Dow is up uh, probably around 33, 34. I actually now invest in the S&P, not the Dow. But needless to say, while the pension fund and the management of that chugging along, no problem. Oh, look, there was a little dip. No, not even going to do anything about it, right? Whereas I, on the other hand, completely wrecked that 200,000, which could have become three or $400,000. Now it was an expensive lesson. You know, I certainly take it and I have made changes, you know, and, and mostly to educate myself. And now I'm kind of trying to pass along some of that knowledge to you guys and introduce you to the people that I know. Um, and uh, again, you know, I interview them uh, here and, and that's really kind of been the focus recently because I think that you know, as you're kind of getting into student loans and, you know, the student loan forgiveness didn't go through and you have all of these options, it really becomes the messy middle. And another kind of uh, group that I follow is the um, the Money Guy Show. And uh, they talk about the messy middle. And I think that really what happens is, is that as pharmacists, we are getting the same problem as somebody with a windfall. When your salary goes, and I remember my wife went from seven to a hundred thousand, so seven thousand a year to a hundred thousand a year. That is a windfall. We have not had experience with managing that much money, even managing fifty thousand or sixty thousand in residency. And so, at first, it becomes easy. Okay, well, you know, I'll just start paying my loans off and things like that. But then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, so wait, do I pay off my loans? Do I? take the 401k match? Do I add up more to my 401k? Do I buy a house? Oh boy, we have kids. Um, am I saving for college? And it becomes this crazy number of possibilities, you know, infinite number of possibilities. And so this take him video, uh, it's one of his most uh, watched videos, 674,000 views, the optimal order for investing your money um, begins with watching the video and just taking that 10 minutes to do it. But then starting to say, okay, well, who could I go to for some help? And at first, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not going to spend money on a financial planner. Um, well, it kind of depends. Uh, you know, if, if you have a lot, like a very high net worth, and you're only paying $375, $400 a month for that advice, um, that might not be a bad deal, you know? Um, if you, on the other hand, you know, for example, we would have over a million in assets under management, and 1% of that would be 10000 a year, Right. Does it make sense for me to pay somebody 10,000 a year and actually be more than that, but, you know, uh, to manage my money and they get the money, whether or not I make money, they, if I lose money or make money, they make money. And so the question is, you know, as we become high net worth individuals, are we being good stewards of that money? You know, if you go back to the story of the talents, are we the person that buried the talent? Are we the person that only made one more talent or are we the one that invested successfully to have many talents? So uh, again, you know, getting back to this letter of intent, the most important thing that you can do is figure out where you're trying to get to. And if that feels right, I've had so many people say, oh my gosh, I totally want to do the UNC or Vanderbilt or Cedar sinai or, um, you know, Arthur, Arthur Anderson, I've got CPA on the brain, you know, MD Anderson, uh, Mayo Clinic, uh, all of these. And then they start writing the letter and then they realize that, you know what, this is not my, this is not for me. This is not the place for me. And then they start looking at some other places and then they start looking and really seeing that through writing this, um, that, you know, they, they're finding that, you know, this is where they really want to be.
So, you know, as we kind of get through that, I think that it's critical that you do this, whether with someone else, with me, whatever. Uh, but again, I've, I've set it up in such a way that you can just go to the course curriculum. You click on the, the referrals. It's under the pediatric PGY1 or PGY2 content link or any of the courses that I have. It'll be there. Um, and, you know, work with somebody else. Go work with me and then have somebody else that's there kind of going along with this uh, with you. And I think that that's kind of the best way to do it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to limit this really, uh, I, I've done hundreds of these and honestly, I, I get the same warm, fuzzy feeling from just working with 20 or 30 people. So I think I'm going to kind of keep it limited to that. Um, but again, you know, you guys are the crew that follows me. Um, I just wanted to put this out there for you. And again, you know, what I care about is your success, but you know, if I want to explain to my family, why it is that on Thanksgiving, I'm and this happens a lot. Why on Thanksgiving weekend, I'm getting up early to <laughs> to edit uh, these letters of intent. Uh, it's because I, I have a deep passion for um, English and making sure that language is not a barrier. And I'm a first generation college student. I didn't speak English as my first language, uh, although it, it doesn't sound like I didn't speak English as my first language. And I, I did you know learn English very young. Um, I know the barrier it has been for many of the people that I have worked with and that, you know, it, it pains me because I know who they are and talking to them, but in seeing their letters, I know that there would be no way the resident who's reading it before the RPD reads it, uh, would allow that level of grammatical syntax and errors and those types of things. So again, I'd love to to do this with you guys. Uh, we're you know in September. It's a little bit early yet, but uh, again, if you want to sign up for the course, uh, it's the pharmacy. Re it's residency.teachable.com um, forward slash p forward slash extreme loi, uh, and you're again welcome to bring somebody along um, and, you know, take that discount if that's something that you want to do. Uh, so again, uh, looking forward to uh, posting that um, Jim Dolly episodes. I'll probably break it into two and then take him uh, from your from the financial tortoise. Uh, I think those are going to be some great opportunities to really start to understand money and how money buys you freedom. And, Right now, some of you are at the point where you're like, I'm only going to be able to pay for four residency applications. That's crazy, right? You, you know, as, as a part of your budget of $200,000 or $300,000 to go to pharmacy school, you are limited by a couple of hundred dollars, right? And it's crazy, but that happens. And so, as we kind of go through this journey over the next couple of months, I, I really don't do as many episodes. Uh, you know, I feel like my 500 episodes have been certainly an adequate library uh, of things that you need. Um, but I do want you to succeed. So if you got questions, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com, but check it out, residency.teachable.com. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, let's start the residency season. Let's go. This has been the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might want to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, or you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before. 
You can work one-on-one with me to get a better residency that will better suit your career, health, and wealth at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to Tony PharmD on LinkedIn or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com. Music was by Policy.